Good evening, everybody. I freaking lost my thing. Oh, there's my chat room. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, I was um, – that, too. Yeah, I've, I've lost my mind. I was um, – actually, uh, there were five tending posts on Rough Trade, and I was um, fiddling with them as I'm as I want to do. And because um, I can't leave your shit alone, and I have to, you know, check your stuff out and send your p- pictures and stuff because you don't. Um, anyway, I have issues. I have OCD issues. So um, tonight's podcast is um, probably going to get me a lot of ugly emails, and I'm not. I don't even care, and I'm already not sorry in advance. So let's get started. Um, first. I am a month into complaining to AO3 about somebody plagiarizing my work. And I posted a comment on the fic listing all the stories that she stole material from, um, letting her know that I'd reported her. Now, the first time, I'm going to be honest, uh, last week I passive aggressively posted a definition of plagiarism on her fic and walked away. Well, she deleted it. And now... I have put up a list of all the stories she stole from. And there still isn't a response from AO3. Um, and I'm, I'm fast losing my patience with it. And um, um, I, I don't even, I mean, we're impatient with the whole thing. And um, I'm not asking for special treatment. I'm just asking them to follow their own TOS. Right, and investigate. I already did the investigation for them. All I got to do is send them a document. I've sent it to a plagiarism. I can give them direct links to every page she plagiarized from. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm not going to say I'm not bitter because I am. I'm real bitter. Well, I can't say that I blame you. And what's really interesting is I've seen stuff like this on on AO3 before, and a lot of times readers will jump on a commenter. Like we had, we saw that happen with a um, with a with a uh, a Hobbit writer who was plagiarized, and when she complained on the the plagiarist thick, the plagiarist readers got mad at her for complaining about being plagiarized. But I haven't gotten a single comment from anybody on the thread um, about my comments. And I haven't gotten any emails about it. And I'm thinking, you know, I see all these people saying how much they love the thick, and I'm reading through the comments. And somebody earlier on even pointed out that it looked like she was stealing my work and this asshole had the audacity to um, claim she'd never read my work. Y'all, I rolled my eyes so hard. I just saw an alternate version of myself. Me and all the bitches in another universe are on a beach right now with my ties. As is fruit free because she's got allergies and she's special. She can have a daiquiri, right? I don't know. She can't have a strawberry daiquiri, that's for certain. Well, I'm sorry, not a daiquiri, pina colada. Coconut and pineapple. You can have she can pina have coconut colada, and pineapple, right? right? 
very da- very uh, tropical. She likes margaritas. margaritas. Okay, you can have a margarita. Okay, you can have. But see, see, that is the thing. And I, I have been, so, and I've been so calm about it. I've been so, and I went before that if I ever caught somebody doing plagiarism on me, that I would go full on nuclear. And I am really pleased with how calm I've been about it. Because even three years ago, I would have had a full page spread on my website already. That's not to say there won't be one tomorrow, because there very well might. I'm just saying that three years ago, it would have already been up for a month. And I would have thrown such a fit they would have to um, edit my fan lore biography to add more insulting shit to it. I think that's related. They own that shit, right? Fan lore? I can't even. I can't. I'm insulted to be on fan lore personally. Anyways, <clears throat> latter day B and F. Yeah, fan lore is part of AO3. <laughs> so I didn't realize I was muted. I was sitting here. I was sitting here talking to you, and and I was like, and the weird thing is, the things you were saying were. Working mostly with what I was saying, so I didn't realize I needed it. <laughs> but that, you know, mostly, I really appreciate AO3 as an archive because it, for the, it's well run for the most part. They are very responsive about downtime. Um, it's relatively easy to use. They continue to improve the search features. I mean, there's, and, and the thing is, I get, I got into it this week, so there were, two re- there were two or three reasons this week why I was just super pissed off at fandom. Um, and one of them is the thing that prompted this podcast. The other thing is I got into I was talking to somebody about um, whether or not anything should be allowed on, on AO3, any kind of content. And they started talking to me about AO3's mission and why it was founded, and I didn't understand that. It was about, it was called, you know, it was a place for you know, people who've been run off of their archives. I said, no. And, I, and I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. I understand. I'm not an idiot. I've been in fandom since the late 90s, so I understand exactly what it was like when people couldn't get BDSM posted, when they couldn't post Slash, when they couldn't, when every little thing wasn't allowed. You put this kink, it wasn't, it, I said, but there's a, there's a difference between trying to be inclusive, more inclusive, and allowing anything. Because tolerating everything leads to child pornography, which is exactly what AO3 allows. And that's my big objection to what they do. And uh, so, I mean, they said, well, if you start saying, I'm really fed up with people in fandom equating my boys with panty fetish to pedophilia. Yeah. Because me seeing grown men in panties and thinking that's hot is not the same thing as me finding a child attractive. And I don't, by the way. I'm just saying, it isn't the same fucking thing. So you need to stop comparing your mental disease with my fetish. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I, 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 I was talking to this lady and I said, you know, you don't, you don't even, I, I mean, I was just so flustered trying to talk to her about that. I, you know, I said, it is actually, I don't even know how they get away with it. I said, because it's actually, some of the, I've seen stories on AO3 that are a crime. The fact that they are posted online is criminal. And you're telling me that in order to be inclusive and allow, the thing is, we need, it's one thing to allow anything that is legal and consensual and allowed to be posted because yes you can legally post incest stories online as long as the people are over the age of 18 if if i if i were you know making decisions for AO3 i wouldn't like incest on my archive but i wouldn't forbid it i wouldn't like fetishized rape on my archive but i actually wouldn't forbid it i wouldn't like slave stories people like to fetishize weird things but Kitty porn, quite frankly, is a completely different thing. It is a crime, and it has no place on AO3. And we just – her position was when you start – and her word, her exact word was cherry-picking kinks to exclude. <laughs> Pretty soon That's nothing is going to be allowed. Not a goddamn kink. Yeah. I know I'm preaching to the I choir. So, I know I am. <laughs> so I just – I just – so I, I'm like – I don't understand why this is difficult to understand. I don't understand why this is such a difficult concept that I don't understand why AO3 allows it because if somebody gets your your archive shut down, if it could get your your server seized, I would think you would prohibit it, and yet they don't. Yeah. So. But the worst part, beyond the fact that it's illegal is that they are literally providing wank material for pedophiles. Chan, if you write pedophilia and you put it online, you are providing pornography for pedophiles. End of. Not only that, but you're encouraging fantasies. And if you know anything about the psyche of sex offenders, you know that fantasy quickly stops being enough. So keep feeding that fantasy. And they, and they rape the kid next door. That's why child pornography is illegal. Beyond the even the written word where there's no children actually involved, that's why it's illegal. I'm really distracted by the chat room. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just on a different page entirely because I can't. It, it it's it's make it it's messing with my brain. Um, yeah, it, it's wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not. I'm not even going to go back there until they stop this, these shenanigans. Okay, I can't. I can't concentrate when you guys do that. Um, yeah. So it, it's just that. I mean, fandom gets some ideas, gets some some truisms up its butt sometimes, and they're like, "This is. This is. We have to tolerate everything. We don't." Because they have all these little slogans like "Your kink is not my kink, and that's okay," and like Kira said. Pedophilia is not a kink. 
It's a crime. It's a mental disease. So, um, and, you know, I'm, it'd be like, well, they'd have to take those six to some kind of like underground server or something. Oh, okay, good. I'm fine with that. Okay, good, fine. Because Bye. it should be, it See should ya. be where, you know, people could potentially get in trouble for going there. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's a very difficult it's a difficult, like, I, it's difficult to compartmentalize sometimes that um, this archive that I like and that I do support because I've had, you know, probably thousands of hours of entertainment, free entertainment from AO3, so I do support them, but it is it is sometimes it's a little bit of a difficulty for me because I don't understand why they allow... I, one thing I wish they would take off is not allow... Um, the the child pornography on the site, and let's just call it what it is. That's what it is. So, but anyway, so that was that was like me getting pissed at fandom, like for the third or fourth time this week. But let's talk about the first time. First time. <laughs> first time I got really mad, and I'm still mad. I mean, I'm like, I think about it and I get mad. And part of the reason I think it's because it's like it's unresolved because the thread got deleted before I got, could really finish ranting <laughs> in my polite way that won't get me banned from you know <clears throat> the group in question. Um, is basically that somebody put up a post on a group somewhere uh, that, that I'm going to paraphrase some up is that. <clears throat> They, when they read a story, they'll go and read the comment section to see how much the author engages and replies to the, the readers. And if they don't, they'll only leave a kudos. <sighs> anyway, so of course that spawned a glorious discussion thread of people throwing in all their reasons why they do or don't comment and some authors commenting about apologizing for not replying to comments because, you know, of whatever, that they didn't know it was something they really needed to do. And um, For the record, you don't Oh, any responses. Yeah, no, you really don't. Responses. You don't and, and the apologies really bothered me. And, so, and then, of course, there were a bunch of writers talking about, you know, like some writers said that it overwhelms them to – comments. Some had comments about um, they don't have the time that they're busy writing. Uh, you know, just I have a life outside of fandom. Just people explaining why they don't always take the time to respond, which none of those explanations should have been needed because this is a stupid discussion. And um, of course then there were, and the thing is, the funny thing is this is supposed to be a group for writers and this is this is solely a reader perspective, right, coming in and telling writers what they have to do in a way is they're basically telling writers, extorting them, if you want my feedback, you have to engage with your readership. It's pure extortion and emotional blackmail to, to authors who think that they need comments. And, of course, there's all these people on the thread agreeing that they do this too, that, you know, and, and saying, and one woman, like, responded to, like, a, a you know, like most of the author's, with comments about, well, you're, you, no one's making you do anything. You don't have to comment, and I, you don't have to reply to comments, and I don't have to comment. But if you're not going to reply to my feedback, all you'll ever get from me is a kudos. I'm sorry, that's 
extortion <laughs> to a, to an author who who actually cares about your comment to tell them that the only way they're going to get it is if they engage heavily with their readers is extortion. So, ugh, I was I was just I was serious. I know several people had read this thread and were upset about were getting annoyed by it or, but. <sighs> I <laughs> oh I get I get so mad I can't even like see straight. It just pisses me off so badly that there's this. And the thing is, the part that I didn't get to before this thread got deleted, the piece of thing that I really didn't, I thought I needed to say that didn't get said, is that a not all readers want a reply from the author. Um, and actually, there were readers on the thread commenting that. It, it intimidates them when the author replies back to them. But that aside, authors who write pro works, they, there is kind of in some genres, especially amongst self-published authors, um, a trend towards really heavily engaging their readership. But it is very small community that, that does that. And it's really in a couple of specific genres. For the most part, when you have a discussion thread on Goodreads recommending a book or you have feedback on Amazon, you leave a review, the author doesn't talk to you. You pay them for the wonderful entertainment that they gave you. And if you feel so inspired to help them and share your joy in the story, you leave a review and you don't expect any more than that because that is all that anybody – but fandom has a completely different expectation. An author can labor for months on a story, and I do mean literal months of time, put out 100,000 words a story, and then move on to deal with their life, appreciating the comments and the kudos that they get, but they're busy with other things. And fandom thinks that by leaving a comment that says, I really enjoyed this, that somehow the contribution is equal, that it's the same. My hundreds of hours of work and their minute of comment labor is the same. And so I'm being rude by not engaging with them, and therefore all I deserve is their kudos. Fuck you. (laughs) I mean, really? I'm getting out my Bible for my bank. I'm getting out my Bible for my bang because I actually wrote down how many hours I spent on my bang. Okay. <clears throat> and this is just the rough draft of my big bang. And it is 115,000 words, um, 510 hours. That is the equivalent of 21 straight days on the first draft. Now, I'm going to move into a second draft after Nano, which will probably not take as much time, obviously, and then I'll do my own edit, and then I will move into beta. So if you count all that, just my part, not the actual beta part, um, 600 hours on my quantum bang. In no single way does a reader's contribution even their reading time plus their time to comment on my fic, does it equal? No. And they, and, and, and they act like it is. 
The only payment you can offer a fan fiction author, legally, ethically, in any other way, is either a comment, a like, a kudo, whatever the system provides. That's the only compensation you can offer them for what they gave you. Or you could, you could, I guess you could put them on a recommendation list and get them more readership, assuming that readership is, a tra- is, is considered compensation, which I don't consider it to be. But um, all you can give them, all you can give them for all their labor is a thank you or telling them what you liked about their story or hitting the like button or hitting the kudos button, whatever. That's it. It is very minimal compensation that you are providing to them. And to think that that minimal compensation entitles you to anything is such oh, it is so egregious, I barely know what to do with myself. It is such bad behavior. Yeah, that can read my such... 60 times and it still wouldn't equal. Because <laughs> that's my word, baby. <laughs> there's, no, there's no equality to be, uh, to be had there. <laughs> And I do expect yeah, I, some people to read it 60 times because I don't mean to toot my own horn, but it's fucking awesome. It is awesome. Thank you. But and I, you know, that I, I might current. read it 60 times. I don't know, but I might. Okay. You never, I mean, I, I've already read it like well, three not times. Yet. So. Well, not, don't, don't read it anymore until we get into beta because otherwise you won't see my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I, I have been reading it as she uh, has been sending me stuff. And then when she got the final rough, rough draft again, I completely reread it. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to read it. I also need to work on my own story. So, but it's just. Yeah, it's, right. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a draft. I've not seen anything on her end. I've been very generous. <laughs> I'm not bitter. About well, that. it's because I'm working on something else. I started, I got like 10K into it, and I just wasn't dealing with the angst very well, and I went off and I dealt, went and worked on something that made me feel better about the world. So, um, you know. I don't blame you. Um, well, also with currency, and I do not believe readers are currency, and really the only thing that a reader can provide me that um, I find worthy is their gratitude. That's it. But even that, I don't consider um, currency. I don't consider it payment. Um, I want to talk about this. And I know already there is somebody writing an email saying, I don't know why you got to brag about your statistics on your podcast. This is not me bragging. This is, I'm going to break some math down for you bitches that was done for me. (laughs) Because I'm not (laughs) mathy. (laughs) Okay. In the 10 years, I have been online as a fan fiction writer, and my site has been active. I've had 18.4 million page views. Page views, not, and I've had 2.7 million visitors. I've had 13,792 comments. Percentage-wise, Based on page views, that's 0.14% of the visitors of the pages viewed got comments. That's not even a whole percentage. Of the visitors, of which there are 2.7 million, 
0.97%, which is basically just a little bit under 1% of my visitors have commented. 1%. Please don't ever say that comments are currency and don't say readers are currency because they're not. And you cannot ever evaluate the reach of your work through the number of comments you get or the number of likes that you have or the number of kudos that you have. It is, it is not an indication of how, and this is just my work, not counting the pirate copies that are out there. <laughs> you can't, these things do not demonstrate your reach to your audience. The best statistics I have for how large my reach is, is my page views and my visitor list. Now, you count as a visitor every 24 hours on my site um, for this particular statistic. Um, and so to say that I've got 18.4 million page views in 10 years, That's a statistic that tells me what my readership is looking at, and I can say, okay, this is a, this is this is the, the the width of my site. My readers were hell and gone on the legacy last year, um, which is legit because I published it <laughs> in the last year. Um, Ties that bind remains my most popular story, followed by Tangled Destinies. Um, overall. Um, but uh, Tangled Destinies, I think, might edge out on individual parts. These are, that's a hard number that you can say, okay, this is, my, this is my reach as an author. This is my audience. This is what I'm looking at. Um, but honestly, if, I don't, if, if the only number I had was 13,792 comments, I'm sorry, I got that backwards. I have 13,792 visitor um, active users on my site. My comment total is 26,016. My bad. Um, I had the numbers all written down on top of each other. But 26,000 comments over a 10-year period, if that's the only number I had, I'm not sure I would be um, okay with it. I think I'd be a little if, disappointed. If you if you viewed your your if you viewed comments as compensation, yeah, it would be disappointing. Right. You'd be like, I'm not getting paid enough. Um <laughs> These bitches don't appreciate me. But no, I mean I I even actually uh said once that I'd be more than willing to turn my comments off because I don't see them as a good um meter of my reach as an author. So, yeah, 13,792 active visitors, I mean, uh, users on my site. I actually closed my site to members last year. Um, I'll probably open it back up briefly in December. It just got, it just kind of got um, burdensome. It was burden. It was, it, there was some burden. It was, it was some burden. <laughs> now, now, most of the, I, I don't have any users currently who don't know how to log in, 
who who keep losing their passwords. But there was a while there I would spend an hour every day resetting people's accounts, figuring out why they weren't getting emails, and I was just I I was done. I was done. Yeah, I'm tired of being technical support. Um, <laughs> I I got I mean I I, I feel some days I'm, I mean I was only got like 120 some odd accounts I think on the QB and. There are days like, you know, if I'd known this many people were going to sign up, I would have, I'd have automated the sign-up process. I wouldn't have made it manual. Um, and so if I had to deal with like 13,000. I would have told you not to do that. I would have advised you not to do that. The automatic process, um, even with um, uh, – okay, when I open them up, up in December, for every 10 legitimate users I get, I'll get 30 or 40 bots. Ugh. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's such a. I mean, I just can't imagine juggling thousands of user accounts and people technical. I mean, I would need to I would need to like petition people to come help me run my site. It would be a nightmare. <laughs> so uh, I I can't see me ever going members on my site because I wouldn't want to deal with the membership issue. Um, but yeah, it's just. <laughs> My stats, my stats came out very similar to Kira's, a little bit lower. So I think she came really close to of visitors, like people who visit her her site um, in a 24-hour period. Like like almost one percent of her visitors leave right. a comment. Comment. Um, almost one. Mine was mine was about eight tenths of a percent of a visitor. So you know. 0.8 percent as opposed to you know. I think yours was like what 0.95 or something like. So she nine seven, point nine seven. Yes. So she, you were she was just right at the one percent mark, um, and I was at eight tenths, so just shy of eight tenths of a percent. It was like point seven nine. So uh, very similar in the sense that we're talking about fractions of a percent. Um, yeah, no, so not even a whole percent. Yeah, we're not even at a whole minuscule. percent of people who – this is not page views. This is people who visit the site, not even 1% leave a comment. So – and that has – and the thing is I know that some readers have high anxiety about commenting. Um, and some don't. This is some not me demanding comments. No, not at all. I mean, I, um, I love everybody who comments. It's great. If if people are worried about commenting, they shouldn't stress themselves out to comment. That should never be the thing. They can hit the like button if they want. That's great. I I still get a little pop-up notification on my phone if I have WordPress notifications turned on, um, and sometimes I turn them off. That um, says so-and-so liked your post, and I'm like, that's cool, and I move on with my day. Uh, but... I I I read and appreciate every comment I get eventually. I read them eventually. Um because there are times when I have I'm to read them because I moderate everything. Well, I moderate everything, but sometimes I don't moderate them for a month. So, uh, <laughs> I I've learned that I have to take care of my own mental health first, and sometimes if I've been dealing with a bullshit reader for a while, I have to not pay attention to what's going on on my site. So, Things will lag, um, and sometimes things lag because I'm busy. But sometimes they lag because I turn on a filter that plunks everything from my site into a folder, and I go deal with it when I'm not quite so mad at the world. So, 
So but currently sometimes on I get my an email side, from I do have social media comments enabled, so you can use Twitter and Facebook to log in to comment. I can't guarantee I'm going to keep that open. Yeah, because people abuse it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, sometimes I got I got a comment from a lady um, fairly recently. I think it was, I was in the last couple of months. Who said that she's read everything I've ever posted, um, and she's never said anything because it really gets stresses her out, and she's really anxious about talking to authors. Um, and this one story, though, she said, I, I felt like I kind of need to tell you something that this, I've always wanted a story like this, and and it was it was like the best thing. It was it was this gift in fandom that I never knew I'd find, and I just want to let you know how much I appreciate it. Considering how overwhelmed. Um, she seemed about the idea of commenting at all. I just responded with a thank you on that because she did send me quite a long email um, because I didn't want to overwhelm her because that was really rough. But I appreciated that she stepped outside of her comfort zone. But the thing is, it wasn't that she was giving me feedback that I appreciated about that. Is she was letting me know in that particular case because actually she was tell what she was telling me is I have too much anxiety to comment on your site. Fine. Um, so what she was telling me was the impact the story had had on her. And I really appreciated that she shared that with me. Um, so. Like Kira said, you never know the reach of your work based upon your comments. Because this I, is have, I have a reader who cannot do a public comment. It is beyond her. Um, but she always sends me an email when I, bo- when I post <laughs> I got several readers who send me emails instead of comments. I'm not sure if it's because they're old school. You know, when you didn't have a comment form and they're just used to sending emails. or, um, But one is particularly that she doesn't like to comment in public. That It freaks her out, the idea of it. And some people feel that way. So readers have a lot of different reasons for not commenting. Um, you know, and I, I just... It, People should do what they're comfortable with. I appreciate everybody. I have some amazing commenters, readers on my site who have left some amazing feedback for me. I very much appreciate it. But I will never consider that to be any kind of true compensation. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't – if I did – or maybe I should say that if I associated the need for compensation with my fan fiction – I would stop writing because I wouldn't be getting enough of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the reality. If you're, if you're writing, if, almost I, any, most writers don't write for the compensation, whether it's professional writers or fans. Now, some hit make it big. We've talked about, Kira's talked about this before, about that most writers have another job. Um, that most of them don't make enough money on writing, professional writing, to support themselves. Most don't. A huge majority. I, I'm just guessing here. I would say at least 98% don't make a living at writing. I would agree. I'll, I'm talking f- fiction writers. There are a lot of technical writers that make a, a living at it, but fiction writers. I would guess about 98% can't support themselves on fiction writing. So no, I think that's actually writing. a very good guess. So the, also, their writing income is sporadic. It, it, it's never um, like... I can wait six months to a year for sales that are happening right now. 
people's interest in, in a genre might, might peak. It's based upon current events or what's popular in the world or, you know, a big fantasy series takes off and people are going to start picking up other fantasy series. So, I mean, there are trends and you never know what's gonna, how that's going to go. But it's an urban if, legend. I don't know how true it is, but there was a lady who had a book of a, a series of books about seals. Navy Seals. Um, she had three or four books on Amazon. When Seal Team Six took out Saddam Hussein, um, or not Saddam Hussein, Os- Os- Osama bin Laden, <laughs> it just kind of flew. Bin Laden. When Seal Team Six took out Bin Laden, she made fifty thousand dollars in a day on Amazon. Oh, good for her. And she probably That's had the urban legend. I don't know how true that point. Probably not, no. Urban, no. Well, considering that it was a very small independent publisher. So. But, I mean, the thing is, is that most writers don't write for the compensation, which means most fan fiction writers. Well, okay. I, I got <laughs> to shut myself up. There are a disproportional number of fan fiction writers who are writing for the comments. And so, therefore, they are going to get frustrated and annoyed when they don't get the comments. Um, I don't know, the last time we talked about I'm sorry I just smacked my microphone the last time because I talk with my hands and you know this microphone sticking out a little bit too far um, but the last time we talked about comments I did get an annoyed email from somebody saying that it was like that I didn't care whether people commented on my stories or not I love hearing from my readers I love just for everything from just thank you to everything they loved about the story it's great I absolutely adore it. It there are days when I'm in a really shitty mood and the right comment at the right time completely turns the day around for me. I'm completely willing to admit that. But I would still be writing if nobody commented and that's the point. Yeah, I mean I love comments. I'm not, but I don't but I wouldn't I don't cry when I don't get them. <laughs> no. You just <sighs> It's so frustrating. It is so frustrating yeah, that readers would... Mood, I'll, I'll read through my old comments just to cheer myself up. <laughs> yeah. But it's very frustrating when... I have one commenter that just entertains me. Just her style of comments just kind of I find very entertaining. And um, I'll just search for her comments, just her name. Go in the back end and search for her name and just read her. <laughs> because she makes me laugh. So... Um, you know, whatever. We all have weird little quirks, but the idea, I think the thing that bothered me so much is most of the people I know who write don't write for their comp- for the compensation, whether it's for the money in the professional work or for the the feedback in, in um, fan fiction. They're not writing for that. They're writing because they have a story to tell. And they want to share their story. They want to share their creativity with other people. And if people appreciate it, that's great. But they would write anyway. And some people write and never share it because they aren't comfortable with that. And that's great. The point is that they're still they're writing for them. So I found it so just bone-deep ugly and so offensive that somebody would come on with a reader perspective like that that, in, that 
in a, in in what is ostensibly a writers group, and that it was just tolerated. I mean, the admins tried to kind of moderate it a little bit and tried to you know express that you know. Mm. Yeah. It was gone before I could go over and stick my foot in it because I wanted to go over there and comment, please don't read my work. Ever. Ever. And then there was a link to some project that got started on Tumblr about, you know, authors ending their story with this form letter thing to readers, like a comment, like in their in their author notes, um, letting readers explain in the nature of their comment, when readers comment, what kind of engagement they want from the author. And I just blinked at it, like, uh, no. Whoa. Excuse me? On the other side of this fence, there are writers who blackmail their readers for comments and kudos. I'm not going to post an update until I get 50 kudos or I get 50 comments. Fuck those people. Don't read their work. And if you've already commented on their work and they do that shit, go delete your comments. Yeah, unfortunately, O3 hasn't them. given us an unkudo button yet. We 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 all wish for it. I know, right? Unlike motherfucker button over there. Because sometimes if you're on a mobile device, you can hit kudo by accident. That's why I read um, unregistered or unlogged in, so I don't accidentally do that. Yeah. I I hit I actually in trying to escape a story like I was floundering to get up to because you know on your phone because it was on the phone yeah. you know on your phone you have to move it a little bit in order to get to um, get the the browser controls to come up I managed to hit the like button on this story because the thing is I was floundering trying to get um, out of that page because it was undisclosed like sex with a 12 year old in, at the end of that chapter <gasps> and I was like oh shit I need an I need an unkudos button so bad right now I just kudo pedo I can't deal with life it's <laughs> in the first I mean, the first or second chapter and it it was I mean it was the, the pairing was listed but not the age so and that would come up at the end of the chapter and I moved I had a fumble with the phone and Mm, I was so unhappy. I, I was. I, this is, it's been years, and I'm still unhappy about that. <laughs> but yes, there are there are. We'll call them authors. There are authors, fan fan fiction authors, who are doing this strictly for basically it's attention. They don't just want comments and kudos. They are probably going to interact heavily with their readers, ask their opinions, um, have long, detailed conversations about fandom. I mean, and that's if you have long, detailed conversations about fandom with your readers, you go do that. That's fine. I'm talking about as a as a whole group of behaviors. You tend to see authors who are blackmailing for kudos and comments. You tend to see heavy engagement with their readers too. Because it's it's an attention thing. It has nothing to do with writing. They want somebody to pay attention to them. So, um, 
and, and it could be they breed I, a kind of reader that I hate because I don't want your plot advice. No, I really don't. And authors engender that, and so uh, writers like you know, let's separate it there on that line. Writers and authors. Just for this discussion, we're putting a line there. The writers don't appreciate it when the authors engender shitty behavior in the readers. Just saying. But I, I wonder, like, what what is it? What is at the root of this, right? I kind of the author side of it. Okay, so you've got authors who want the attention, they want the interaction, whatever's going on in their life. This is what they're doing. They're trying to get what they need from from fandom, from their stories. Um, They're they're they're, they're kind trying of, to get something that they need. It's narcissism. It, well, that yeah. Or they could just be desperately lonely. I don't know. Or and they're emulating behavior they've seen in other authors that they have played into and had interactions with around, and so they're emulating it. But whatever the reason, they're getting something out of it. Okay. I'm not sure what is driving reader behavior that engenders this kind of response where you would actually go out and try to extort authors to interact with you. I think it's if the you same side of the coin, really. It's about empowerment. Um, and extortion is a, it's a power game. Not true, yeah. But if somebody wants to interact with me, getting mad at me for not responding to their comments is not the way to do it. Friend me on Facebook and um, tell me how pretty my farm is. I mean, then we can interact. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that all you're going to, all I'm going to get out of you is a kudos if I don't respond to your feedback, because then I'm just going to ban your IP address. So. Because I don't care about your kudos that much. <laughs> so it's just, huh? I don't. It's just I don't. I. Yeah, I guess it is just a power game. It's like they think that we've talked about this people's role in fandom, right? And mm-hmm. that people feel like they don't have a, a a role, and so they they latch on to something like their role is that their their contribution to fandom is to give you their critique and um i guess if they feel like their role i don't know it's commenter that it's not being appreciated if you don't engage them that you have to show appreciation for their role i don't know it's just it was so it was so mystifying to me and i was so mad i was so mad. i it's probably a good thing that thread got deleted before I had my final rant um, because I probably would not have been able to stay polite enough for the admins and I would have probably gotten banned. So. Or at least suspended. I mean, yeah. I've seen some ugly-ass behavior in that group be totally dismissed, so I don't know that um completely out. Maybe. They might have put me in an actual unpleasant corner for a couple of weeks and let me back <laughs> if I promise not to do it again. It's just, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, it is so mind-boggling. It makes me blank. I mean, my brain just kind of whites out with, sometimes somebody, you see something so entitled and obnoxious that you just kind of are so flabbergasted, you don't even know how to respond to it. It's, I don't know. I mean, but we've seen other threads in that particular group that are just as heinous. Um, uh, especially the writing advice. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, but that's a whole different kind of heinous. Um, yeah. Well, there was Don't a whole thread about how, um, how how it was perfectly okay to write um, pedophilia, um, and um, that having a, a fan fiction kink wasn't the same thing as being a pedophile and I'm sorry if you don't already know this but if you find written pedophilia to be sexually arousing you're a pedophile get help and stop reading it stop reading it stop reading it to do Indulging in in it is not helping you. This is a big divide for me because I write things that I think are sexy um, and um, I write things that turn me on. So when I see a Chan writer, I'm horrified. And Chan means pedophilia for those of you who who don't are up on the who are not up on the fanfic lingo. lingo. Um, I didn't know what Chan was until I found it by accident. Yeah, and it's it's that's always a rude surprise. It's like. <laughs> was it what? ever? Well, and you go. The first time I asked, why didn't you warn for this four-year-old thing? Why didn't you warn for that? And they go, I did. I put Chan in the tags, and I was like, <sighs> so I actually was so upset that I, I ranted at the author a little bit for not warning about their ugliness, and they of course came back that they did. Let me and tell you something. Apparently they had. I just didn't know what it meant. <laughs> Let me tell you something. A long time ago, some enterprising chef decided that putting fried squid on their menu probably wouldn't entice a whole lot of people to buy it. So he rebranded it and called it calamari, put it on his appetizer menu and started selling it. People bought it and people ate it. But no matter how you rebrand squid, it's still squid, even if you call it calamari. But when you rebrand pedophilia and call it chan, you're just lying. You're making it look pretty. It's like calling rape forced sex or dubious consent. Stop making it pretty. Yeah. It's not. It is heinously ugly. For the record, I still can't eat calamari. As much as I enjoyed that movie and Tom Hilson's perfect T-shirt, King Kong Skull Island <laughs> have ruined calamari for me. That was deeply unfortunate. It was deeply unfortunate. It is horrifying. You're right, Claire. It is absolutely horrifying to... Um, to to have a writer that you admire and then find out that they um, 
they write and um, read and enjoy uh, pedophilia. Um, it is um, it's it's deeply disturbing. What's more disturbing is coming across one of those sticks and reading the comments and finding commenters that are read your stuff and they're saying the same thing about that fic that you're about your fic. Like I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> Which I get that. That's a Serenity reference. But it's got no business on a pedophilia fic. Nasty motherfuckers. And I don't care if you send me an email telling me it's all. It is like that. Fuck you. Don't send me an email. I'll forward that shit right to the FBI. (laughs) Test me. Oh. Fandom. <laughs> yeah, I don't really enjoy finding about the bars that I inspire either. Just for the record, I mean, I don't need to know about your lady wood or your actual wood. Um, wow. I saw tell me once about how wet they got. And I was like, I mean, it was really descriptive about what happened to their clothes. And I was like, <laughs> we have entered God. into an uncomfortable space. <laughs> I didn't need that information. That wasn't information oh. that I required. Oh, I was like, holy hell. <laughs> you went too far. I'm not old enough to read this comment. So, there you go. <laughs> there being any pedo on fanfiction.net mystifies me because Phoenix, you're absolutely right. They they jump on a story with explicit sex like gangbusters and report it to the mods and get it removed and all that pedo content stays. I don't get it. Not getting it. I don't understand. Sorry. Somebody, I asked, me if I, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked me if I would ever, if I thought I would ever post on AO3 again. I don't rule the idea out, but it would probably be because I was, uh, I think Kira said something similar actually. It would probably be because I decided to stop writing in fandom. So, yeah, and I didn't want to. And I didn't want to maintain the expense. I would just dump all my content on AO3 and walk away. Yeah. Yeah. I probably turn on moderated comments. (laughs) People won't leave (laughs) shit on my pick (laughs) and never log in again. And people leave comments like, this story is amazing. I'm amazed. I'm stunned that there's no comments on it. Yeah. I never approve them. <laughs> that would be why. 
I, you know, for the most part, I know I bitch a lot about fandom, but I actually find um, fandom very comforting. Um, I, um, it relieves a lot of stress for me. It, um, it keeps my mind engaged, keeps me active. Um, it keeps me uh, in a safe space mentally. Um, like I said before, um, I hesitate to write professionally because of my memory issues. Um, and, um, you know, uh, it's writing the two things that I've written and had published, uh, um, took a lot out of me. I mean, not the little thing I wrote recently just for a spot, but, um, fall for you took a lot out of me because, uh, it's the fibro. The thing is, is in my fan fiction, I can repeat things over and over and over again, and, and no one complains. I can use the same. Well, sometimes there's with assholes. Did you know that you used the same line in four different fics? Fuck you. Probably. <laughs> Some I lines are just worth, worth using more than once. But, but here's the thing. If I did that in professional work over and over again, I would be accused of plagiarizing myself and cheating my readers. And so, yeah, I could see that. Not, not for a whole, not for a sentence, but you'll see similar scenes across all my fan fiction, um, and uh, especially Harry Potter. Um, you'll see similar structures and in, in paragraphs and scenes, and that kind of thing in professional writing can can um, can get you a terrible reputation with readers. Fan fiction writers, I mean readers, they don't they don't give shit. <laughs> but so I have to be very careful and being very, very careful um, all the time is exhausting. So fandom is an outlet for me that I really appreciate. There it is an outlet. It's an outlet also because it's also, it's, that's that's where my online tribe is. I mean, some people build their online tribe around gaming or whatever. Mine's around fandom in general. I mean, it used to be you kind of would build your tribe around, and people still do, especially on Tumblr, around a specific fandom or a specific chip or whatever. I don't have the patience for that kind of stuff because people tend to get really, the more focused people get in their online tribe, if this is just something, this is just observation, the more militant they get about it. And I don't, I'm too old for that shit. Um, I don't have the time for ship wars or, and I don't have the energy for, you know, dramas between shipper, shipper groups. It, it just, it, it irritates the fuck out of me. So, but in general, I mean, my online tribe is, you know, the people that I've met through fandom, mostly a lot of it's on Facebook and some of it happens on my site. And, um, so it is, it's like, it is, it's, it's an outlet. It's a whole thing. So it's really frustrating when people engage in shitty behaviors um, in, in, in my playground. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like they're not picking up their pooping in my playground and I would appreciate it if they wouldn't. And who, and, and, and who's the asshole that broke the fling? Yeah. Yeah. Also, because part of the thing that I find 
rewarding about fandom in general is not just the, the the general group of people that I've met, but specifically the group of community of writers and helping work towards enabling and empowering other writers. So when people well, say things to writers... You, what were you, you doing know? before you met us? How were you surviving? <laughs> <laughs> it must have been well, so terrible over there. <laughs> awful. Well, I was involved in various live journal communities for a while that eventually just kind of, it's not like they self-destructed or imploded or anything, but they just kind of went away. Live journal just kind of seemed to lose its its forward momentum and fandom as people went to other platforms, and um, I wasn't quite prepared at that. Yeah, they had too many rules, and I understand why people left, um, it just okay, so they just lost a lot of momentum for fiction itself, and so the group of writers. I wasn't really writing at the time, um, but I was, you know, reading and I was beta reading and I was working with other writers, and um, a lot of it was through emails. And we kept trying to find like chat servers we liked, and it was a lot more hit and miss than it became once I signed up for that first rough trade. Um, yeah, life yeah, it went away, and I was like, I just made my own space. <laughs> Yeah, and then I found your space, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll park here for a while and see how it goes. Uh, and I was reluctant. I was reluctant at that point in my life um, to get on Facebook. So um, I eventually, you know, got on Facebook, you know, pretty much Cinna. Um Actually, I think, well, Cinna and I had been talking, but I think it was actually maybe Nailani who pointed me specifically towards the group over on the the writers group, the Rough Trade group. Um, and I joined the Rough Trade group the, like the first day I got on Facebook, I think. And then I got um, joined Minion. I was months before I joined Minion headquarters. It was a secret group, and so people kept talking about it. But I thought it was on Kira's site or something, and I just couldn't find it. <laughs> so <laughs> I just kept you ignoring ask, it. You crazy person. If you guys can't find Minion Headquarters, um, just just ask. Yeah. Well, at that time, I didn't care. Um, well, also because people tell me it's Minion Headquarters for Kira, and they tell me it's for Kira's Minions. And I don't mean this obnoxiously. I'm, well, that's not me, so I'll just go over to the writer's group and ignore all this talk about <laughs> Minion Headquarters. I'm not a Minion. I, and I, didn't, I didn't really have, like, Kira's got Minions? I mean, it sounded like you... I was a little off, but honestly, when people talk about it, because it sounded like you had like some kind of cult, and I, you called it a cock worshiping cult, and I was like, I'm like, I'm like 90% lesbian. I don't really want to be in a cock worshiping <laughs> cult, so. <laughs> but, she gave, but, but she came anyway, and now she's even a moderator of a, of a cock worshiping cult. Now, for those of there you who go. are new, uh, not been around for a while, let let me tell you the the history of of the minion thing. Because it's not me being arrogant, and it's not um, me actually trying to take over the world. Although I'm not opposed to taking over the world, because people are fucking it up, and I've got better ideas. Anyways, because I got opinions about everything, too. (laughs) There you go. Anyway, I was um, very active on LiveJournal. I was uh, probably somewhat controversial on LiveJournal at one time. I was you know, um, 
really bitchy. And um, people who, 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 you know, made me mad. Anyways, um, I had a lot of anger and aggression because I had a personal situation going on. And I could not vent it. So I vented it on Live Journal, And I was very opinionated. And this woman sent me this an email from this uh, anonymous uh, email account that she immediately deleted um, after she emailed me because I tried to respond and I got a unknown 404, whatever thing. Anyways, and in her email, she said um, that I was arrogant and entitled and um, she thinks I'm a real bitch and I'm not nearly as um, that uh, how did she phrase it? That I um, wasn't nearly as talented as people made me out to be and um, that uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. And then she said, but I'd never say this in public because you'd stick your minions on me. Now, at that point, I had never, ever called my readers minions, ever. So I get on live journal and start talking about it, and I dubbed my readers minions <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> and it sucked. <laughs> You know, I said at the bottom of the email, I said, if I knew who you really were, I would definitely stick my stick my minions on you. <laughs> and that is actually still up on my dream somewhere. But, um, yeah, so that's what that is. That's what that was. Um, it's, it's not um, it's not actually uh, – I don't have anybody um, currently trying to put lasers, beams on shark, on shark's heads, um, but I'm not opposed to that either. Um, but it really was just this asshole reader um, person who just didn't like me. And so they sent me this email saying I would stick my minions on them. And I was like, okay, now I got minions. So, but it, but it wasn't, it, I know it comes off as arrogant sometimes, but that's not what it was meant to be. It was just a joke that kind of grew ahead. <laughs> and then a dick. <laughs> a lot of dick. So when I first joined yeah. Facebook, I didn't, I didn't, of course, I didn't know that history. And, you know, people can be a little bit militant about their minionhood. And um, they would be vague with me. Like, I would say, I don't understand this thing. And they go, well, we expect you to figure this stuff out for yourself. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's not what? true, dude. Don't, don't say that to people. <laughs> I'm like, well, fuck you very much. Um, and because I had asked somebody about, um, there was at one point, like somebody had put up a family tree about how the minions are related. And I said, I don't understand this. And they said, yeah, you'll figure it out eventually, but no one's going to explain it to you. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Um, and I was, and I, I had been in the group like two days, I think, at that point, because I'd finally joined. Because somebody said, no, 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 it's it, 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 somebody told me it wasn't, it was not serious. Like I wasn't literally joining a cult. <laughs> I was like, because you know how liberal <laughs> I am. Um, Maybe you're joining a cult. Anyway, I'm like, I'm down for the writing thing. I don't know what this side thing is. Uh, and then I wasn't really understanding some of the terminology, and um, somebody had, like, had referenced the Azure rule, and I was like, what does that mean? And they said, you have to learn for yourself. I'm like, what the fuck's the point of having a rule? If, and it, I guess it's, and it was, of course, I learned it was a kind of a joke rule. But, I mean, safety, but more of a joke. But 
Yeah, it's more of a safety regulation than it is a joke or a rule. And it goes like this. Don't eat or drink anything if you're in anywhere near most of us online. (laughs) Yeah. Because be careful when you're up your nose or out your mouth. (laughs) You never know what. The thing is, people were a little bit, not everyone, some people were very welcoming and inviting. And some people were really twatty with me because um, I wasn't understanding this whole thing. Um, and maybe they thought they were being coy or cute, but it came off as dickish. And I was like, I was about like two steps from saying, fuck this. <laughs> These people are weird. Uh, and I was like, this is some of the behavior. This is kind of some of the kind of fandom behavior. To me, for, there was a couple of days, it's some of the kind of fandom behavior that I – Tried to escape on live journal. I'm not interested in going down this path again. But um, yeah, the dickish eventually get weeded out, and all was well. And you know, I had my wife behind the scenes. She was online more at that point, was explaining things. So because um, I write her, yeah, I had to throw out several people um, at one yeah. point because they were, yeah. Assholes. Well, you had to send the. You yeah. Had to, you, we had to send off the assholes. But you know, I send. You know, I send send a note. Say, what does this mean? Just ignore that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> except, <laughs> except in in you know, Cinna with a lot more expletives because you know, Cinna's very colorful. They're swearing. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of. So it took a while. I mean, it was not like I did my first rough trade and I was right in Minion headquarters. It, it was it was a good long time. It was. Uh, at least six months before I was on Facebook and probably closer to a year before I was at Minion Headquarters, I would guess. But maybe not. It might have been a little less time than that. I didn't embrace it really quickly, though, folks. Yes, yeah, so it is more like a Snapdragon. <laughs> <laughs> or a Vita uh, trap. Foxglove, maybe? Aconite, <laughs> something like that? Belladonna? <laughs> yeah. But... Um, that's just weird. That that is so weird, you guys. Don't be that way to new people. Um, that's not how I raised you to be. <laughs> no, actually, that that kind of in people you know, in group dynamics is really off putting when you're trying to be with new people. Um, so it's just you know, as well as we have a lot of inside that we do. Um, yeah, but not being willing to explain them is the kind of in-group dynamics that cause people to leave groups. So it's fine to make jokes, but you need to be willing to explain them. And yeah, it's only funny for the people who were there. Um, like, you know, I mean, so it, it, nobody could ever find you know Sleeping Dragon and and Last Earth's Last Hope being a hippo. Funny, but Senna and I, because we were the ones who hadn't slept in like three days and were writing that stupid story at three o'clock in the morning. But um, if somebody were asked me about or my, any references I made to a hippo being the last, Earth's last hope, I would explain it. I wouldn't just say, well, when you're here long enough, you'll figure it out. Because Making somebody, I mean, that puts somebody constantly on the outside, and it's just, it's its a dick move. Don't do it. It's very dickish. Don't be that way. Yeah, that's how I survived online before. Um, 
and it, it was yeah, cause it was a little bit more hit and miss because Facebook is like a is like an all encompassing presence, you know, <laughs> it's just there. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Live Journal, you're not you're not in Live Journal all day, you know. It's not just running in the background all day. Um. But yeah, but there was about a there was a pretty there was probably a six to twelve month gap between most of my live journal groups getting shut down or just basically people leaving live journal for other platforms and me signing up for the rough trade. Uh, and it was just, actually it was just through a, a fix search. I was looking for stories to read and ran across rough trade the day before the clean off, not having any idea what <laughs> the clean off so was. I'm sorry. It was, <laughs> I bookmarked, I, I swear, I was like, oh, I had this bookmark of stuff to read, right? I bookmarked more than easily three quarters of the stories on the site. And um, I'm looking through all these summaries. Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. I bookmarked them all. And I sit down and I'm like, pick the one that sounded the most interesting to me. And it was Lion Rampart, Lady Holder's story. I sit down to read it. And I go to get the next one, and the site's empty. <laughs> it's like nothing. The site's <laughs> blank. And I went, I don't understand. <laughs> I wonder how you've these... done that, too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that page says it. <laughs> this is when you were on, um, I think, maybe, maybe it was your first time on the hosted WordPress, but I think you were still on the Naked Nano site. No, I think you were still on the Naked no. Nano site. When did Lady Holder do Lion Rampart? Make me look up shit. I know, it's terrible. But I got a database for that. Yes, I do. She does. If I didn't, if I didn't know that she had the data, I wouldn't have asked. <laughs> My guess would be it would have been April of 2013. It was, in fact, um, April of 2013, you weirdo. <laughs> well, because back then, I signed up in November, and back then, July was original fiction, and I wasn't prepared to do original fiction online. So the July was I saw original the July fiction. Um, I saw the July sign, we only, and I went new. We had 12 participants. Um, I'll never do another one of those again, so don't worry about it. In fact, I recommend that you do not ever share your original fiction online. It's just my personal opinion. Unless you don't ever plan to sell it. Yeah. Well, I, so me knowing the date was just me reverse engineering when I did my first nano. And then I remember being so intimidated by the idea of posting original fiction in a, in a rough draft challenge. Because I was intrigued. Well, first, all the stories I planned to read disappeared. And then I decided to investigate because I always investigate before I send an email to a site owner and tell them their site is broken. <laughs> Your so site's so broken. I went back. <laughs> Everything's gone. So I decided to go investigate, and I went back to the site, and I read that it's a, a writing challenge site, not a story archive. And, um, and, I, um, and so I started following the site. And so I would get announcements about what the next challenge would be, and I saw July, and I was considering it. I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, the idea of posting a rough draft online, that's kind of, uh. But then the first challenge that was coming up after I found the site was an original fiction challenge, so I just filed that in, under the no. And then November came around for Nano, 
and that's and I eventually mustered up the nerve to sign. Like I signed up probably on the last day, knowing me because I was really not sure I wanted to actually post my rough draft because I'd never done anything like that before. I never posted anything that wasn't finished, and um, so me knowing it was April was just on. But me just backtracking based upon when I did my first nano. Sort of had to be. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'll never do original fiction again. Um, I would never. I mean, there are people who do original fiction on Left Track, and that's your choice. Um, but I won't. And I won't do a uh, challenge featuring it either. So. That, that, that sailed the moment I read on Amazon someone bitching about um, the rough trade version of Fall For You. That ship said. I, I know. That made me so mad. I, I, I wanted to respond to their comments on it or reported it inappropriate. I mean, just anything, because I was so pissed off about that comment on that review about how it hadn't substantially changed from rough trade and why did you have to pay for this? And I was just like, shut. What Except is the matter with you? It was like 25,000 words bigger yeah, so of course I hadn't seen the original. I had, I mean, I don't know when you wrote Fall for You, but I was, I didn't read any of the stuff that was written that, that July. It was that summer. That I didn't read it because I, I have never in my in my life until until that I knew of deliberately read. I mean, I'm sure I have, but I didn't do it with intent. Read a fan fiction writer's posting original work. It was just me. The idea was so bizarre. I was like. Fan fiction writers writing original work online. No, not going to read that. <laughs> so I didn't read it then. And I hadn't read any of your work at that point in time. So, so. I didn't know what kind of writer you I were. I just you had a website and you had a weirdo it. followers who called themselves your minions. <laughs> minions. I I actually only got to like 27k during the challenge because um, I got just I got distracted by something and I forget what it was. Um, but Fall for You ended up being 52 or 56,000 words. So that reviewer on Amazon was just insulting twice. Um, um, and the thing is, is even if I had finished it on Rough Trade and it was a complete um, rough draft, um, that still doesn't mean I can't sell my own damn work. And it was mine start to finish. And so it was double yeah. insulting. <clears throat> now, you can fuss about me on my fan fiction, but don't fucking tell me what to do with my own work. I, you, we don't know what to do with it anyway. <laughs> it's not nearly insulting as when someone says, oh, dude, this is sad for your fan fiction. But don't fucking tell me what to do with my own shit. <laughs> yeah, that is just so... so Rude. I, it, it's rude, and it's all, it is really. I mean, what did they? If if they'd already read it on Rough Trade, why did they buy it then? I mean, because the fucking just, ending wasn't on Rough Trade. <laughs> I think I ended. I, I don't think I actually wrote a sex scene for Rough Trade either. <laughs> so they had to buy it to get the good parts. Which is kind of asshole-ish, I know, but I don't care. But still, that's my shit. Well, a lot of, I mean, there, there, a lot of writers post teasers of their work where you get to a really good point and then it's done, and you have to go buy the book to find out what happened. That is not, 
I mean, you weren't doing that on purpose, but it's not like if you no. had been doing that on purpose, it's not like it would be an unknown concept. Yeah, I hadn't read it on Rough Trades. It was all new to me. But even if it hadn't been, all, you know, completely new to me, it I'd have I'd have bought it and read it anyway and enjoyed it greatly. Um, <laughs> people are idiots, and they're not very open to hearing, um, it, to absorbing what you don't like about their opinion. You know what I mean? They're not they're not really very open to. Um, Criticism. Which is fine. People can people can have different opinions, but it's like me not accepting their opinion is apparently criminal. Them not accepting my opinion um, is a cause for extortion. <laughs> it's like um, people keep trying to call me a hypocrite. Let's talk about you being the hypocrite. Sometimes when someone tries to give me constructive criticism, I want to correct their grammar and send the comment back to them. Is that rude? I don't care. No. <laughs> I mean, you you brought that shit on yourself. It's literally a case of where you bring it on yourself. Someone gives you some constructive criticism about your comment. I'm going to make a confession. I'm going to tell you the worst thing I ever did in fandom. I'm going to confess it. I think it was like in 2010 or 2011. Um, someone sent me a really long email about what might have been and offered me a whole bunch of advice for plotting and construction. And unfortunately, they had several stories on AO3. Unfortunately for them. So I picked the longest one, and I downloaded it, and then I corrected all the grammar in it and sent it back to them with my plot advice. Nice. And they were like, I didn't ask for this. Well, I didn't ask for your shit. You're welcome. It was a dude, by the way. Of course it was. <laughs> and that might sound sexist, but men in fandom are the fucking worst. I mean, they're great guys. We have some awesome writers that are male on RT, and they are great. They are fantastic. Gray Wolf Wonderer is going to be in the next RT. Awesome. He's really popular. Really? You guys really like him. Yeah, Gray Wolf is going to be. Yeah. He signed up for, I believe he's a Hufflepuff. Mm. Uh, I had missed that he signed up. He always makes me laugh. Oh no, he's um he did uh he's he's in Gryffindor. He's going to relax. It won't be twenty five k. Um, he's doing Stargate Atlantis. It's called No Lullaby. He hasn't done his project file yet. So, but um yeah, signed up on the damn last day. I started to send him an email reminding him, but he but he did it on his own. He's always forgetting. He'll sneak in the back door. I always let him because nerd. <laughs> he writes cute stuff. He makes me happy. <laughs> Anyways, we do have really nice um, people who participate of of 
all genders <laughs> on RT. Um, but some of the worst experiences I've had in fandom have been from male readers. I've been ma- I've been mansplained to so many times. Yeah, his comments are very Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can hear his accent in his comments. Every one of them, it's great. But yeah, I love Grey Wolf. Um, but he is a boy, presumably. I believe he's a boy. I think yeah, he told yeah, me. Yeah. And Temp is um, male, and we have original Temp. Uh, he's male. Um. As well. I mean, we don't do a parts check. If people tell us they're male, we just, you know, go with it. <laughs> Those are the ones that stand out for me currently. We, we did have another one, but he got banned. Being a dick. Um, <laughs> we have we, we have a minion who brought her husband in. Um, yeah. He doesn't post very often, but he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah, so because she thinks she she asked one day, can my husband join? We're like, we don't care. Bring them all. Is he going to be an asshole? Because we got rules about that. <laughs> we do have rules about assholery. <laughs> you got to be the fun kind of asshole to hang out with us. But no, you know, no, but see, fandom is awesome. But, um, and I've talked about it before, but there's this, this ugly um, section of fandom. Um, you know the, the dark part that, that that Simba won't ever be king of. <laughs> um, it they can you know they can ruin it for everybody. Yeah, they harass authors, run them out of fandom. The entitlement is stunning when you see a group of readers or writers pile on another writer because that writer isn't meeting their expectations. It isn't about like um, you know plagiarism or stealing ideas or being an asshole or being abusive or writing something really terrible. It's about them not meeting their expectations. And how dare you not do that? How dare you? One of the groups I'm in, one of the admins recently posted a, um, it was a link to basically an article about, more or less about ship wars and how we need to tolerate other people's ships and stop investing so much energy into tearing other people's ships down or whatever, Um, which is one of those aspects of fandom that kind of makes me just kind of roll my eyes because the ship wars thing. Um, Because the idea of, I mean, if all of us like the same ship, I don't know, there would be very little fandom. Yeah, it'd be very small. It'd be very narrow focused. Uh, um, I mean, the po- I mean that's fun. one of the great things about it. And honestly, that everybody can there find are something. assholes that ship Jenny and Harry that I don't want to associate with. So, 
just I'm just kidding, mostly. But I responded to that thread and said, I'm not gonna lie, I I judge some shit because <laughs> I am judgy as fuck about some shit. Well, I judge the ship. Yeah, there's some ships where I see it. I mean, I don't. I've never been shy about that. I have opinions. I mean, that's practically in the podcast. And I didn't you put that in the summaries that I have opinions about this stuff. I did. But I've never been shy about the fact that I have an opinion. If you say to me, "What do you think of this pairing?" I'm going to be like, I, "I'm going to have an opinion." If I know at all who the pair, who the characters are, I'm going to have an opinion. That's what I do. Is I have opinions. But my. The thing is, is me not liking something has nothing to do with the people who like it at all. And nothing. They aren't going to like what I like. I'm not going to like I mean, The thing is, but I mean, these are just opinions. I mean, if I like, um, if I preferred fried mozzarella sticks and Kira pref- used to prefer calamari as her appetizer, it, mm-hmm. we don't take it personally that we don't like the same appetizer. But you don't like calamari? I can't stand calamari. Yeah, it's, it's the really? texture. It's the texture. It's I love too calamari. rubbery. Yeah. The texture it. in my mouth is just like this. Um, but I do like chicken. Actually, I, so we would fight. <laughs> but Kira's not going to take it personally. If we were to actually sit down to dinner and I said, I don't like calamari, she might think I'm weird, but she, I would prefer to have fried mozzarella sticks. But she's going to... She might think that I suffer from poor taste, but she—that's <laughs> that's the end of it. It doesn't mean anything. She's not going to fight we with me. Twenty cheesesteak. It would be awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. be like, let's just have cheesesteaks for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I do like marinara sauce with my cheesesteaks, though. I have to say, absolutely. I know some people do ranch with cheese sticks, and I just Gross. find that to be a no crime. If you put ranch on your marinara sticks, I, I probably would judge you a little bit, but so what? So what? I wouldn't tell you you can't eat them. I'd be very them. upfront about it. I'd be very yeah. I'm, I'm judging you now. Yeah, it'd be and very upfront. These, these ship wars, is instead of just people having opinions and differences in their likes, is that they get into, you know, telling people why they shouldn't like something, why you shouldn't like, let's say, Draco and Hermione. They're telling you why you shouldn't like that ship. It's, what? Not why they don't like it, but why you shouldn't like it. And that's awfully prescriptive. Get off um, my boat. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say about that. If you don't like it, why the fuck are you here? You are wasting a lot of time in trying to talk me out of my ship. I mean, can you imagine? Kira's, Kira's calamari would be cold by the time she persuaded me, expressed her reasons why I shouldn't like what I like. like so you're going to ruin your own appetizer trying to persuade me not to like fried cheese, which the entire world agrees is great, but whatever. The thing is, is I actually would not argue with her because if she doesn't eat it, that's more calamari for me. I don't know why anybody. <laughs> you got to think of yourself. What? The worst thing my, my husband my... does is eat the calamari. He likes it. So when I order it, <laughs> I can't have a fucking calamari appetizer to myself because that motherfucker eats it. I'm just saying. So, like, some chips are coming up in the in the chat room. The thing is, people don't like certain chips, right? People don't like 
Harry Snape. I don't. They don't like Harry Voldemort. I don't. But they're they're both abusive I to could, me. I could I could tell you why I don't like it and what I think is wrong with it. But I have no business telling you why you shouldn't like it. That's none of my fucking business. So anyway, so they posted this article basically saying we need to learn to tolerate each other, which is really bizarre that adults have to have these kind of conversations about how we have to tolerate differences of opinion. But anyway, so there's a comment down below um, at the bottom of this article made by a gentleman. And I, I, I told Kira at the time, I said, I'm really glad that this article was written a year ago because if this was a recent thing, I'd have been having words with this guy. Um, and basically, it was a bunch of mansplaining about why it is a it is a good thing to get in and critique other people and to tell them what's wrong with their ship and basically shove your opinion down their throat. It was a big old long ramble about why you should be willing to go in and shove your opinion down people's throats and make them take it, and um, and that everybody in fandom should start to take some criticism. And I was like, well, here's some criticism for you since you're wanting, thinking we all should take it so well. But there was, you know, and I hate it when a mansplainer has one good point because I really just wanted to dismiss all of his stupid as mansplaining. But he did have one good point, which was that... Um, well, most dicks do. Yeah. <laughs> Is that... It, it, beca- it becomes a matter of identity, and people get their identity wrapped up in their whatever, whether it's their ship or their fandom or their kink. It is their identity in fandom starts to get wrapped up in it, and you could you could extrapolate that to anything. You could extrapolate that to um, Did I confuse somebody? I'm seeing a comment about air quotes. No, no, no. They caught up. Okay. Um, anyway, um, is, and even when it comes to reader identity versus writer identity versus author identity, is if you get your, your personal identity too wrapped up in – I do think that's a very valid point. Because when your identity is on the line, you come out swinging. And it, folks, detach, detach. It is not your identity. You are not your ship. You are not your, your opinion as a reader is not you. Your, you know, I mean, that is not you. The, your kinks are not you. Your opinion about what you like to read, that is not who you are. Those are just your opinions, your likes and dislikes. And I, I do think it's a valid point that people get too wrapped up in get it too too tied up in their their sense of self. And that's why they become frankly ridiculous. And, you know, ten years they'll step back from a, a fandom war and they'll look back at it and go, What were we thinking? Why were we behaving that way? And I do think it's it, it I think he's right in that it's because their their identity's on the line. Their community, their part in the community is on the line. And look, this is just this is my truth. My truth is that it is nobody's job to shove their opinions down anybody else's throat. 
I want to express that saying that because it's deeply sexual to me. <laughs> like, oh my God, you get your dick out. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I'll stop saying it. Um, quit forcing your opinions on people there. That's not quite as. Um... Phallic? Yes. You, but you don't have to make people accept your – the thing is, you can offer your opinion about what you like and don't like. But nobody – you don't have the right to tell anybody else what they like or don't like. Who are you to tell them how to think? You know? Um, who are you to tell – who is anybody in fandom to tell an, an author how they should behave, how should they should engage with their readership? So – it's just that you know, practicing compartmentalization. It is it is it is your hobby, it is your entertainment, it is not you. Well, I don't think I broke her, but there won't be any more shoving things down throats tonight. At least not to the podcast is over. Because <laughs> you're like ninety percent lesbian. What what's up? There you go, ninety percent. I, I it's it, the, the the number goes higher as I get older. <laughs> Somebody is going to write me. I know it, and and bitch at me about that ninety percent lesbian thing. Okay, but you know, I can't I can't claim a hundred percent people. I can't because I do occasionally like to go writing <laughs> on some dick. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's not often. It's not often. I'm usually just fine with the stuff, the one but, you can take off and put in the drawer. But but that's her preference, and she's entitled to it. You can't help who you want to fuck. <laughs> that's fundamental. <laughs> yes. Just as long as you so, obey the law. So let's let's extrapolate here. So Phoenix gives the us the, the the classic quote about opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one and everybody thinks everyone else stinks. Except in fandom, we keep trying to make other people like our asshole. <laughs> Which <laughs> That's like that's like taking that quote to a place that nobody ever intended and yet that's what we're doing. Uh, my, you may think that my, your, you know, my asshole thinks, but it doesn't. <laughs> Let me demonstrate the proof of how my <laughs> asshole doesn't stink. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, "See, I told you, mine didn't stink," and they're like, "Well, I, well, I don't agree." <laughs> like. But I gave you proof. <laughs> That's all in the nose of the beholder, I'm afraid. Yes. And, and, and fandom, I hate to break you. Know, I've told, I, people, I think most people know this. I have a, a condition called anosmia. I don't smell anything. It is a no smell zone here. <laughs> so for me, nobody's asshole stinks. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I smell everything. And if it's strong enough, I can taste it. So, I used I used to be a super smeller. I used to be like here. I used to be like too strong. Too strong to smell could make me throw up. 
And then I had traumatic brain injury, and I didn't smell anything from that moment on. <laughs> so now, I can walk into a grocery store and say, nope, I'm not buying meat today. And if I walk into yeah. a store and I and if I smell fish at the front door, I'm turning around and walking right back out. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. The, the, the stores <laughs> that have the go grocery shopping, smelling fish for an I, hour and a half, absolutely not. I used to not be able to even go into grocery stores that had live fish tanks because it didn't matter how well they maintained the tank, I couldn't yeah. even handle the smell. But yeah. now. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, I was like, one day I was like, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Am I, am I sure? Am I a hundred percent sure that it's gone? My hundred, but surely I'll smell a really strong smell. If there's a really strong smell, I'll smell it. I'm sure. When we were moving a year ago, um, we had to go take something to the landfill, and we hop out of the car to to unload the stuff at the landfill, and. I don't smell anything. Everything's fine. I think we're just in a in a you know. My sister's almost vomiting. She it smells so bad. Oh, she's like oh. she was almost throwing up. The smell was affecting her so deeply, and I smelled nothing. So, ooh. Uh, well, no, I well. Hmm. Edie asked if I lost my sense of taste. My taste buds work fine. My sense of, there's a difference between taste and flavor. Um, so I. Flavor is what you process actually from your sense of smell. Flavor comes from your nose. Taste comes from your mouth. Um, so I taste the macro taste. I can taste sweet, salty, bitter, umami. I, I mean, I can taste all that just fine. Sour. But I can't, I, I can't, anything that comes down to flavor, there's no, I don't get those nuances. So I can't taste cinnamon at all, but I can feel the heat on my tongue. So unless it's in something sweet, I'm not going to know that it's cinnamon. Um, unless, like I said, unless there's heat, to it, heat behind it. I don't taste garlic. Uh, but I can, I can distinguish most of the citruses because their bitter, sour, sweet profiles are so distinct. Grapefruit is so much more bitter than the others. Um, lemons and limes have more sour, sweet. Tangerines and oranges have a, are a lot more sweet, sour. So... Typically, we did we actually did taste tests with quite a lot of citruses, and I can distinguish most of them. And it's basically because they all have such an interesting breakdown on the taste spectrum. But yeah, when it comes to flavor, I don't taste any. I don't I don't get any kind of nuance of that kind. So I did lose what most people would consider sense of taste, but actually my sense of taste is is perfectly intact. It's just I don't get any of the the flavor nuance that most people get because of their sense of smell. But I still love fried cheese sticks. So. <laughs> and down with the calamari. As long as, they, as long as they properly season for that. Well, that's why it comes down now almost more even before to texture than it ever used to. Mm-hmm. I was always a little fussy about texture, but now I'm really fussy about texture because I've got like five five things on the taste spectrum and texture. <laughs> so if the texture is icky, I definitely don't want to eat it. Speaking of pairings, that whoa, um, I had someone fill out a feedback form for my site, um, asking me a question about what's it? No, actually, they asked it on the Ask Me Anything page about um, helping them fill out an idea for Sirius and Hermione, and I'm like, no, <laughs> you 
<laughs> you no. just come to the wrong place. I can't help you no. with that. I, I am not the right place. I, um, no, I'm a thousand percent no. I can't even read the fix where Hermione goes back in time and ends up with a younger version of the Marauders. No. I mean, we just have strong visceral reactions to some things. Like, I can't read Harry Furious. I find it creepy as fuck. Now, some people, and, and the thing is, if you find yourself getting offended that I said that, you really need to check yourself because that's my opinion. Uh, and I'm entitled to it. I'm entitled to find it creepy, and you're entitled to like it. So you do you, as long as Harry's a grown-up. I'm not validating any of your any kind of pedo nonsense. But um, if you want to read adult Harry with serious, you know, like I said, I find the parent creepy because of the father. I, I find anything that crosses that father ch- the the parent child boundary to be fantastic. Uh, no. It's creepy. Yeah, it is. It's too creepy for me. I don't like it. Hermione James would freak me out because it would be like Well, it's kinda of like they're both getting replacements, right? Ew. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some there are some pairings that I have a really negative reaction to, um, based upon my preferences about what I read. But that said, there are some authors who, if they went there, I might give it a read and see how I felt about it. That said, none of the authors that I would follow, at least into the experiment, write that. So you know, it becomes a it's sort of like an empty offer. <laughs> it's like saying if Kira, if Kira decided to write Hermione series, I, I would at least give it a try because, you know, whatever. Except I know she wouldn't, so it's it's sort of like an empty... I most certainly would not. Nothing to worry about. The idea is just, it, it's really creepy to me. It just, um, But I I have firm ships, and um, that's just Especially the way it's going to be. Fandoms. <laughs> Especially in some fandoms. Some fandoms, I'm very flexible in my ships, like in um, NCIS. Or, but in some, like in, um, in uh, Harry Potter, I'm much, much more rigid. And for me, it is because there are, are, are people that on screen I saw as a child. So I tend to, if I, you know, went through, if if I'm introduced to a character when they're 11, even if I see them grow up, from a fandom perspective, I'm more likely to pair them with a contemporary than somebody much older than them. Because it crosses a creepy line, a barrier in my line, in my mind, because to me, they're kind of that kid vibe is still there in my head a little bit. Not exactly, not, I didn't explain that well, but hopefully people kind of understand what I'm talking about. Um, but, but other than that, I, I don't, I most, most, I'm most of the fandoms I'm into um, don't, weren't ever kid focused. So it, it doesn't, I don't, and I, that's why it's interesting to me that I, I was, because I actually did look at why I have so much rigidity about pairings and in, in 
and Harry Potter. And it's it's completely around the fact that the first time I encountered Harry Potter, he was 11. <laughs> oh. 11. Uh, yeah. So, and especially in, in you know, serious, serious encounter. His first encounter with Harry was, of course, it's when Harry was a child, but Harry's first encounter that he remembers is when Harry's 13 and he's definitely looking for a father figure. And that that transition to romance does not work at all for me. It is a hard, full stop. Um, if it if it's your thing, adult Harry is serious. You should not be bent out of shape. That I don't like it. So, no one should ever get bent out of shape if somebody doesn't like what they like. It, it's just it's weird to me that people get so wrapped up in other people enjoying the same things that they do. I think it becomes an issue of validation, right? I mean, it becomes a... I guess, but I've never felt validated by... For me, I've never felt validated by somebody else just saying that they like the same thing I like. I don't know. It's strange. It's strange, some of those things. I just don't find validation from that. So if... if, um, I guess if people find... I mean, I guess if people find validation from... People shared a pit, shared sharing their opinion. I could see how these really insular shipping communities form. Because they're all validating each other. And and that's a little bit the one of the problems with uh, you know this is a completely separate topic, but in terms of validating is that. I feel like that when it comes to fandom writers, that there's a lack of voice of reason. And one of the things that bothers me about one of the writers' groups that we monitor, (laughs) is that there is nobody's ever allowed to say that's not a good idea. Somebody asked one day, they gave, and I won't give the exact scenario, but it was a bizarre scenario. Um, and like, like to the level of bizarreness is that you would randomly have, by chance, like to this level of strange, like um, um, ten people randomly get hired to work for a company and find out they're all related. Just by happenstance. They didn't know they were related. They are secretly related because they were all put up for adoption. They're all actually first cousins. And it actually is by happenstance, and it never is found to be any kind of a plot. That level of improbable. Bullshit. Okay. Oh, and, right, bullshit. you were going to be nice about so, it. <laughs> no. So the person said is this – they presented their utterly bizarre scenario, and they said, is this improbable? And I was one of the first for person people to reply because I happened to be in the group at that moment. And I said, yes, it would never happen. It's completely improbable. I didn't go any further than just saying, yes, it's improbable. Because that was all he'd ask was, is this improbable? Um, I got flamed for that. And 50 people came behind me telling him he should do what he wanted to do. He didn't ask me if he should do it. He asked if it was improbable, and the answer is it was completely improbable, completely improbable. So 
And actually, the, the scenario that was actually in the thread was more absurd than the one I, I used as the example. So there is no, there is no, it's like there's no limits. Like, no one's, if people want to grow as writers or as fandom citizens or whatever, the do whatever you want voice that is so prevalent and so loud in fandom, there has to be a counter to that. Which is, you know, people, when you're a grown-up, like you're an adult, you're supposed to be able to control yourself. And sometimes the answer is you shouldn't do that. Sometimes the answer is you shouldn't charge money for your fan fiction. Sometimes the answer is you shouldn't do that improbable thing. Sometimes the answer is you shouldn't extort people for to, to engage with you because you left them a comment. Sometimes the answer is no. And yet fandom doesn't ever want anybody to say no. They just want you to be able to do whatever you want to do. And I'm just not down for that level of undisciplined shenanigans. Or what would be the skullduggery? <laughs> was that our skullduggery? I'm not down for that. Because it is. I don't. It is ridiculous. Completely absurd. Now, I was a big proponent. Is that the right word? Proponent? Um, mm-hmm. No, I was against it. I was a big one to say. Opponent? No male pregnant. You How opponent? dare you? Whatever. I, I was vehemently against it. Vehemently against the whole thing. Like, no, absolutely not. 100% no. Um, even though I have to admit, I secretly really enjoyed Junior, the movie. Yeah. It's one of those guilty pleasure movies. Um, but I did come to um, a place where um, I recognized uh, that it's not all bad. There can be some interesting stuff there. I read a, um, I got, I read a, I read a fic. Um, it's called Surrogate by Seeker Geek. And it, she 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 changed my opinion about the whole thing. Straight up. That's a it's a really good story. I mean the first the first Mpreg story that I read that I was like, okay, was in the Stargate fandom. They used alien technology to make it happen. It wasn't just a random thing. It was the first time that it had ever clicked with me as being not a hard no. Because I had tried reading it before, but I was just like, I don't get how this works. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, here's here's some Stargate fandom, and I was like, okay, I I alien aliens aliens is the reason I'm there. And then in the Harry Potter fandom, you had magic, and it was like that's okay. And I don't tend to seek it out, but I wouldn't turn away from it with an author or from a recommendation in certain fandoms. So, but I'm just not. But even if I couldn't stand it, I'm not interested in engaging with a war, engaging in a war with people over whether or not people should write it. No, agreed. That's just that's just silliness. Um, it's it's not illegal. Um, it's just improbable, but less improbable more by the day, because <laughs> science is making some serious leaps. So you know, um, the Vulcan auxil- auxiliary uterus. I actually want to read the original fic 
of the Vulcan auxiliary uterus. So if anyone knows what that pic is, and if it's online, I would like a link <laughs> to the I, Vulcan I, auxiliary uterus. <laughs> if anybody sends that to you, I would like you to forward that on. <laughs> Anyways, we're down to 44 seconds. Say good night, Jilly. Good night, everyone.